podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, episode 24, Merseyside Misery. I'm joined by Jack Davies, as always. How are we doing, fella? Yeah, a bit disappointed and frustrated after last night, mate. But on the bright side, at least we got only have to wait two days until we can hopefully go and put it right. Yep. And returning to the podcast is Jay Thomas. Jay, obviously, with to look back at the Sheffield United game with Jam. Uh, it's a different mood sort of this time round. But Jay, how are we doing, fella? Uh, I'm good, mate. I'm good, thanks for asking. I like the name of the pod, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jay is obviously uh, part of the back post. And as always, with guests, I get him to plug the channel. So Jay, just, you know, for any new listeners out there or who've not listened to seeing you guys before, what are you guys all about the back post? Uh, we're all about not taking life seriously, I think. We, 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 we review the football, we preview fan cams, all that kind of football content you'll get for a couple of clubs. So it's me being the Chelsea fan. We've also got Spurs and United fan and we just have a laugh with it, really. So if you want to giggle, come on over. Yeah, their links will be in the description of the pod below. Right, Chelsea had two games sort of this week. First up was a dead rubber in the Champions League versus Krasnodar. We made so many changes. Kepa started in goal. Gilmore started, Andrin started, we drew 1-1. Gilmore was pretty good, Andrin was solid, not much else to report really. Uh, then we played Everton yesterday, which was grim. Um, we gave away a stupid penalty from a long ball that we didn't deal with effectively. Mendy sort of had a moment of madness there. Sigurdsson converted, we hit the post twice, Reese James and then Mason Mount, but we didn't really create anything. I think Kurt created most of our chances yesterday, which said it all. Um, it was a grim day at the office, we lost 1-0. We could be five points behind Liverpool and Spurs after today. So, yeah, not great. And uh, we're just going to go straight into the questions, really, because don't really want to spend too much time talking about uh, the, the last two games. But to be fair, Reese James had another pretty impressive game, but I'm saying that every week on the pod now. Uh, right. First question comes in from David. He says, his question is, with injuries in wide areas, is it time for Frank to go against the grain and put Mason Mount out there in the short term? I saw this question and I died inside. I'm not going to lie. Um, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think that might. I don't know. That didn't seem to work well at the start of the season. I don't, I don't like that idea. I personally, uh, I think we, we're forgetting that Emerson could probably do a job on the wing. I think, you know, he, he has the talents to, to push forward on the left wing. And, you know, obviously it's like the backup's backup, but... Um, you know, he's a better winger than he is a defender, so why not give him a chance over Mason? Because I like Mason in the midfield. He's working really hard there. He said it himself. He likes being there, so I don't want to move him from that. I'd, I'd rather have uh, Emerson up there, or even Alonso, but I think he's banished any, so. Yeah, I would say Marcus Alonso, this is your chance to shine at left wing, the position you were born to play. <laughs> take it, take it. But um, Yeah, Jack? Yeah, I just think it's one of those if if he starts putting him out there again, he's, Lampard's going to get crucified by the fans. So, I mean, it's just not an ideal situation, is it? Just having three wingers who are injured or two that are 
properly injured at the moment and then Pulisic who's like a glass hammer bloke can, can never stay fit um, so I, yeah you're just one of those you're just hoping for those boys to try and get back fit as soon as possible and then that will sort the problem out itself but I don't I don't think Mason on the wing is the right option I think no. yeah I mean I don't know if Pulisic was actually injured last night because it said before the game that he should be back but I think he just left him out just precautionary. So hopefully he's back soon. But like I said, we've got to be very careful with that bloke because he's he's injured all the time at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm going to say that, you know, Mount is arguably more in form than someone like Havertz. So Mount should probably be playing in his preferred position. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I guess sort of follow-up to that comes from Carl, who goes, do we need to dip into the market in January for a winger? Last season, we had four wingers in Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, Willian and Pedro. Two of them have left. We brought Hakim Ziyech in. And then you could argue Timo Werner is another wing option, but we also know that his strength is sort of up front. So there you have got four wing options. The issue there is, though, mm. that one of them is severely injury-prone in Christian Pulisic. The other one in Callum Hudson-Odoi has had some injury problems recently. And Hakim Ziyech has had his second injury since joining us. Um, so, I guess, Jay, do we need another winger in January? Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um what I'd give to have Pedro still at the club, man, because what a, you know, what a geezer he could be at this a time like this. You know, not playing all year round, but when we need him, he'd put an absolute performance in. But he's obviously not with us anymore. Um, it's difficult because the thing is, you we have class wingers. I think Ziyech and Pulisic are really good, and when if they stay fit, we'll be a, an attacking side to be to be messed with. Um, so. Going into the market, we're going to either need someone a bit more experienced that knows they're not going to get all the minutes when everyone's fit, or someone on the other end of it and is young and trying to, you know, break into the scene. Because I think if we go for someone like, um, like maybe even Torgan Hazard, you know, who's been really good at Dortmund, if we went in for someone like him, uh, you know, he'd want more minutes than he'd probably get if if our other players are fit. So it's like, it's one of those weird situations where we're going to need to have a very specific person. Um, if we can find that person, I'd say go for it because like you said, we haven't got, like we've got depth everywhere in the pitch, but at winger at the moment, especially with the injury. So if we can find that person, go for it. But if not, you know, we have, we do have backups. Like I just said, Emerson, Andrew seems to play well as well. So he could fit in there more and more if, you know, if, if this is still a problem. So I don't know. It's a very difficult one. I'd say if we, if we find the right person that is willing to not play that many minutes, then we go for him. Jack, anything you want to add to that? No, I definitely agree with what Jay said. I mean, um, it's going back to when those boys are all fit. We'll have four plus four slash five, if you're counting Timo wingers. And we've already seen when they're all fit, someone like Callum doesn't even get into match day squads. So if they're all back and fighting fit, that's two of them not getting into a squad. And I mean, not many people want to come to a club and not even be on the bench um, and be prepared to, to sort of take that upon themselves. Um, 
I think, yeah, so maybe going for someone pretty experienced that that doesn't really mind too much. But then again, if we were saying going for someone that's young and wouldn't mind not getting as many minutes, I think you might as well just trust the the youth that we already have, someone like Andrew in, because, um, because you've seen him come and put a, put a performance in against Krasnodar last week. He was quality. Um and we've we've got the best academy in the world, so yeah, I think just continue and trust these players if we're that sure. Yeah, I would also add that don't buy. I don't think it's a good idea to sort of go in for backup players because we've sort of seen where that's got us in the past. Mm. If you buy squad players, they know a role. You know, you're going to struggle to offload them in the end, and it doesn't really make sense. You've mm. got. I think you've got to buy quality that improves the squad. So, yeah. yeah, I think the first side goes if there's like a loan option available. You know, we sort of saw United last season go for like a Galo on loan. If there was like a wing option, something like that, that came available, but we're happy not to be playing too regularly, then just for numbers, then yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just I'd, a be, free, it's yeah, I'd be wary. Almost a, free, almost a free hit then, isn't it? Just yeah. a six-month loan. Um, yeah, exactly. I can't be wary of going in for another winger just yet because, as I said, Callum is, you know, while everyone was fit, Callum missed the last two Premier League match day squads. So, yeah. Um, another question comes in from Con. He asks, have teams already figured Chelsea out this season? Um, I guess, you know, we if you want to look at our sort of record against, the, I guess, the bigger sides of this season, we've drawn with United, we've drawn with Spurs, we've lost to Everton. And we've lost to Liverpool, and I guess we've drawn with Southampton if we include them in there. So I guess there is sort of, I guess, a question mark against us in big sides this season. But then I would count about how well we did in the games last season with a much inferior squad. But have teams already figured Chelsea out this season, or is that, you know, maybe one bad game against Everton where we were without natural wingers? Is that maybe clouded the judgment there a bit, Jay? Um, it's a good question, uh, I'd say, but. I'd probably I'd lean towards no, obviously, probably be biased, but um I think, you know, let's not forget that last night uh, it was Carlo Ancelotti, you know, he a, a world class manager, man's won everything you can win. And um we said it at the top of the the, the episode, Everton didn't like outclass us, but they outworked us and they just knew, they had they all had a job and it was to sit deep. they got the goal and it was to sit deep. Get the the big bastards behind the ball, <laughs> and just and just and it was it was exactly sorry for swearing it, and it's exactly <laughs> what Carlo wanted. Um, so I don't think that was like sussing us out really. I think that was just playing with the hand that they were dealt with, especially mm-hmm. you know with the injuries they had themselves. So and um, Ancelotti, you know, such an experienced manager, he knows what to do in these games like this. And you saw as well, like they'd just knock it to Dominic Calvert-Lewin when they could. Uh, so, and we could have won the game. I think we, even though we didn't play well, you know, Pickford had a brilliant game where he knocked the ball to the post from Rhys James's effort. That could have quite easily been one-one, and it could have been changed from there. Uh, but so I would, I would say no. Um, and I think you know, you also look at the 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 Spurs game like that was that I don't say I wouldn't say Spurs figure us out and Mourinho didn't figure us out they just kind of like nullified the attack and then we did the same to them so I, I know and we have a lot of options and as everyone said you know 
we've scored from all areas of the pitch this uh, this season so far. Zuma's fucking got how many goals so far? So I think we've got plenty of options to do. We've got a very fluid front line. So I don't think we've been figured out just yet. Uh, but it is a bit of a worry that going into these bigger games, we seem to either draw or, or nil-nil or they get seem to nick a game out of us. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think teams have found us out fully, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with with that statement. Um, I think the winger issue did cause us a lot of problems last night, and before the game, we were thinking, "Oh, Everton playing four centre backs, just get at them." But we didn't have the wingers at the disposal to properly get at the, at them. Like when you put in ta- bringing Tammy on and playing him left wing. It, it's just that's just pointless. I mean, um, and that suited them in the end, didn't it? Just having the four big centre backs, all they had to do was sit deep and just not let us through. And fair play to them, they didn't let us have any space um, and prevented us from having many chances, if if any, really, especially in the second half. Um, um, but to counter that it is it is a bit of a worry to me. I think I said this last week. I mean we we haven't had a big performance against one of the big teams yet. And you've seen Spurs go and beat City, draw with us, smash United away from home, beat Arsenal last week. Um so that is that is a worrying sight as a Chelsea fan. Um but we just like I said at the start, I think we just we've only got to wait till Tuesday, six o'clock. Um, hopefully we go and put it right straight away and we can just forget about that onto the next one um, and just make sure we we minimise the gap between the top because if we if we lose on Tuesday I think that's curtains Yeah, yeah, no I agree I think lose on Tuesday and then we're potentially six or eight points probably behind Liverpool or Spurs so yeah, in terms of a title charge if there ever was a title charge you know, we, we, to be fair, Jack, we have been asked on the pod about it and we sort of played it down, but, you know, sort of said, we've got a chance, why not? But we've never really, yeah. I think, you know, properly gone for it. Uh, I guess my answer to Con's question is that was a game just we crying out for Hakim Ziyech. Someone mm-hmm. to whip balls in. The most depressing side to me yesterday was Mateo Kovacic of all people whipping crosses in. No disrespect <laughs> to, no disrespect to Kovacic because I actually thought, you know, he had, he had a solidish game apart from a few stupid mm-hmm. flicks. Yeah. But um, when he was whipping in crosses, you kind of go, oh, that's maybe a slightly worrying sign. But he, of all people, is whipping in crosses and not other players. But I don't think teams have figured us out, to be honest. You know, I think there's a, you know, we were very wary of Spurs and we still could have, should have nicked that game in the end. United, we should have had a penalty in. We didn't play great, but we still should have had a clear penalty in. So I don't think teams have really figured us out because... We have found a way. And also, I think it's tough because you look at us and we've, you know, I think we've only won six of our 12 league games. But then you remind that that shaky start we had when we were sort of trying to fit everything together. I don't really think you can sort of look at that and compare it to, to where we are now. So I don't think teams have figured us out, but I do think there is a concern going forward if we don't have fit wingers in our team. Um, Next question. Just a bad day. Just a bad day at the office, office, isn't it? And I also added Everton away. Like better Chelsea sides, go there <laughs> yeah. and lose. Like we we've lost over the last three seasons in a row. 
we only ever go there and win when we're winning the league. So unfortunately, boys, we're not winning the league this season. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question comes in from Connick. How much of that defeat was down to our lack of width in the wide areas? Kind of sort of briefly sort of sort discussed of, yeah. in the last question, but I mean, no, no sort of natural wingers hurt us big time. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, you, you mentioned Ziyech and Missing, and Ziyech and Reese had had such a good chemistry going on. And then you see yesterday, you put Havertz in there, and Havertz and Reese just didn't have that chemistry. Havertz was passing it, like maybe thinking Reese had run and he hadn't. Or then when he had run, he wasn't passing it. It was kind of just not clicking. So, yeah, like we really did miss Ziyech or, or like a proper winger out on that right side, especially yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on Kai Havertz, honestly. <laughs> Jesus uh, well, we've Christ. Got, we've the got, bloke. We've got a question we've got coming a question up on that, Jack. So on. save oh, yourself. Right, save yourself. <laughs> um, but I guess sort of, I guess follow-up to that was from Dean Mears, who was on the pod last week. He asked, where do you portion the blame for that one? I mean, I, I think it's quite hard to sort of single, you know, point one single area, really. I mean, I think apart from Reese, I don't think you can say anyone really had a, a good game. I think Mason tried, but he still probably wasn't his usual usual self. Kovacic had glimpses, but again, you know, it's him getting on with a dribbling with a ball and then, you know, oh shit, what do I do? It was all very yeah. familiar, I think, from Corin Madsen. Reese was the only one who really, I thought, had a good game. Chilwell, you know, struggled, gave away a pen yeah. that was overturned with offside. Zuma, I guess, you know, solid ish had a chance in the first half he sort of was okay but it's tough really I think there's a lot of you know if you're going to push me I think you've kind of got to put it everywhere and I think unfortunately you've also got to give that to Frank as well because he made didn't make a sub till 20 minutes in the second half he then brought Tammy on out wide um <laughs> that, yeah that was that was a myth that was I was really I was like all right we'll probably go to top maybe or yeah or, or Giroud should come off and then it was like Havertz for Tammy and Tammy was on the wing and I was just like oh Frank man that's that was bad to be fair I don't like criticising Frank too often but that was poor yeah yeah no I agree and the subs were just so late yeah. and then again like all due respect what's Billy Gilmore going to do in a few minutes taking coverage yeah. off for him but anyway yeah uh, right Jack you can I guess <laughs> go in on Kai Havertz here <laughs> Concierge of Crime asks, what would you do with Havertz moving forward? Move him back to an eight, play him as a 10 with a diamond, with inner diamond, or four, or four two three one, or simply don't start him. Right, firstly, I'm just going to say, forget four two three one. Yeah. I'm fucking sick of tired mm-hmm. of saying this, like pretty much every week <laughs> on the pod, but four two three one does not work. I absolutely fucking hate watching us play it. We do not have the personnel to play it effectively. We saw our early season four was in four two three one, and it does not work. So four two three one is not an option, right, Jack? Tried it. Continue. <laughs> Continue. That's scrapped. Um, oh, I don't know. Honestly, just put him on the bench if you ask me. At the moment, I know we've got loads of injuries, so probably will still start. But it's just. It's just so frustrating to watch the bloke just it's not getting stuck in at all. He clearly doesn't like the the physicality of playing in the Premier League. Doesn't like how everyone's onto him straight away, doesn't give him any time. Fair play to him, he's been good in the Champions League. We've seen more glimpses there. Um because teams, Spanish teams, other teams let you get the ball down and actually play as football. Um but he's just not showing enough like doesn't look like it, it matters enough to him at the moment and just 
things like yesterday, just sloppy passes, like Reese making an overlap around him and he doesn't make the pass to him. It, it that's just that's just poor. And I saw Reese was getting pretty pissed off with him. Um but I mean if he moving forward, I think he I think he needs to go back into that eight. He's not he's obviously not a winger, but we've got issues in that position at the moment, so he might have to play out there. Um I think where he's played best is in that eight, him and Mason and then Kante in the six. Um but yeah, I mean I just was getting really frustrated with him yesterday watching that. Yeah, I mean I don't invent think, too much yeah, more. I do think sort of Kai <laughs> has sort of played out wide for Leverkusen before, but again it's very different proposition playing, you know, playing in the Bundesliga mm. compared to in the Premier League. And there were yeah. just times I mean, there's a moment first half like he just passed the ball way too early for Reese. Reese, if he like laid it off correctly, Reese actually had a decent shot on goal at Pickford. Yeah. But ended up going behind for a corner. Yeah, that like that as well, yeah. Uh, Jay, what would you do with Havertz moving forward? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably keep him in the midfield, the same. I think you know he's he's struggling a lot, and you can see he's, he's struggling a lot. And and maybe it would be wise to bench him for a bit because of how much he's struggling. Uh, but obviously injuries and and all that. Um, I think I think he's going to come good because I think yesterday was poor. To be fair, he was he was shite yesterday. But there was, in, against Krasnodar, like he was. He played really well and on the ball, he looked really good. And I think if we play him in that midfield with Mount and uh, Kante, they're, they're the kind of the aggressive ones, aren't they? They're the ones that will get stuck in, win the balls, defend well when they have to. And that might free up a little bit of space for him to work his magic. And I think that might be a good dynamic going forward. Uh, but when, he, when he's isolated on his own without people to do that work at the moment, um, he does struggle. But to be fair to him, earlier on in the season, I, I saw him did put in a bit of work. I think he lost the ball. Can't remember what game it was, but he lost and the ball. Brighton, Brighton, yeah. first day of the season, yeah. And he sprinted back and got mm. the ball back, and it was like there, do more of that, big man. Like that's what yeah. you need to do in this league. And um, but I, I, I have no doubt that he's going to come good. He's 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 quite he's tall as well. He's quite a big lad as well. So he he does have the physical side to it. I think he just needs to bring it more and more. But yeah. he's young; he'll come through. But having him, the performance yesterday was terrible. I won't excuse that because he was one of the the worst players out of a bad bunch yesterday. Yeah, I get my final thoughts on Kai. He has, you know, been dealing with COVID recently, so I do think we yeah. sort of have to be a bit easy on him. It is his first season in the league, but again, I sort of thought Frank might do something similar to the way he handled Pulisic at the start of last season, just ease him in because we saw Pulisic struggle at the start of last season. I remember we played Grimsby in the League Cup and we won 7-1 and I honestly thought he was the worst player we had on the pitch. So, and then we saw Frank sort of manage him, you know, and he, to be fair, Pulisic did sort of come good after that. I do think there's a lot of pressure on Havertz. We have sort of been forcing him to play perhaps more than we ideally want to um, at this stage, just patience with him. But I think ultimately... Like he's not been performing well enough at the moment, so I don't think you can just say we're going to play to your strength now immediately because that's it would affect the balance of the team. And we saw playing four two three one the start of the season, like Kai, it, he might have played you know decent there, but it actually affected the team a lot worse. Yeah. So don't just play yeah, to Kai's strength in, in the ten. I think at the moment he's got to play in an eight, and then we'll sort of see what happens and just give him time really. But yeah, yesterday was really poor from him. I am. Um, um... Sorry, my uh, my friend made a good point as well uh, on on our channel the other week. It was uh, at Leverkusen last year. The first half of the season, he did like nothing. 
and then the last half he was the main man you know what i mean so like it's like he he needs like a, a long warm-up or something because even at Leverkusen he struggled in the first half of last season and he kind of picks up and maybe brings it with him so you know there's still time for him to do that here yeah fair enough next question comes in from Naif it's certainly an interesting one he goes do you think Frank should maybe start to experiment a bit with the formation given our recent injury struggles should we maybe start deploying a 4-1-2-1-2 with Werner and Giroud up top with Havertz in behind as the 10? I mean, it's, it's a tasty thought. Yeah. My, my it's a good one on paper. paper my main <laughs> issue is the lack of width. That's my main overwhelming issue with that, is the absolute yeah. lack of width there. Um, but, it, you know, in terms of getting the best out of Werner, Giroud and Havertz, and, and Werner playing off a big man like he did at Leipzig, it's not a bad shout, but again, it's sort of offsetting quite a lot. And I am a bit wary of width, but I'll let you boys go on and answer that. I think that would have been good yesterday. Uh, with, with not having the wingers that we at our disposal, maybe playing more centrally and trying to run at them might have worked. Because we saw yesterday as well, the balls in weren't working. The two defenders or the four defenders were just getting their heads on everything. So maybe deploying something like that and going down straight down the middle, running at them a little bit. We've seen Werner just run at teams before and they do start to crumble uh, when he does. So maybe that could have worked. I think that that's maybe one of those formations that we should, when making a sub, try and deploy. Uh, like yesterday when Tammy came on, it could have been a change into that and then sit, type and go. But as for as for starting formations, yeah, no, it, it doesn't have enough width, especially in, in the Premier League. If we come up against a side that has good fullbacks, we'll just get torn to pieces if we do that. Yeah, Jack, anything you want to add? Not really, to be fair. I think you boys covered all of that. It's just the width that this, well, that's the biggest problem with that formation. I think it on paper, like we said, it could work. Um, but I think it's one of those that's... Uh, could be a backup and maybe try it in a game um, when substitutions come on or whatever. Not not from the start. I think Frank's now set on that four three three, and we won't be moving away from that. Yeah. Uh, next question comes in from Tracy of the nineteen oh five podcast. Great podcast. Make sure you check them guys out. She goes. Fans influencing the ref decision, or is John Moss just a ridiculously rubbish referee? <laughs> um, I, I've kind of sort of ranted about the quality of refs in the Premier League before. I did that on the Man United episode. You know, they're basically a bunch of incompetent hacks. Um, there's a reason yeah. none of them went to the 2018 World Cup because they're all shit. Let's be real. Um, but I did notice that Everton probably got decisions they wouldn't have got yesterday if fans weren't in. Yeah, Jay. I mean. Or Jack, go whatever. Um, I, I mean, not just influencing the ref, but having a big part in the game, getting the players going, things like that. You could just see it. Um, I, yeah, I think on BT, I think it was Joe Cole or someone said it was never have I seen like two thousand fans make such a big difference. Um, felt like there were twenty thousand there, and you could really hear them. Um, so yeah, I think they they had a huge part to play in that game. Got the got the players going, um, and yeah, fans shouting at referees makes them makes them make decisions. Hundred um, percent. They had an easy job when uh, when it was all behind closed doors, no one getting onto them, 
anything like that. But yeah, some of the decisions yesterday were just, just oh, they were terrible. Like yeah, there's, that, there's... that, that Richarlison on. one Look, with Reese James, and he just <laughs> goes tumbling over, and how that's a free kick. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's beyond mate. me. Richarlison and Allen were they? They've learned yeah. from the Barcelona but... school. That was proper shithousery Barcelona Jordi Alvarez-esque. That was proper. Yeah. That was yeah. proper absolute shithousery from Everton. So fair play the, uh, to them. Yeah, two South American shock diving all over the place and just <laughs> trying to get free kicks out of nothing. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, had a big big part to play those fans yesterday. Yeah. Um, right. Do you have anything to add at all? Uh, I mean, I was screaming at the telly yesterday about the ref. He was being just a waste man, weren't he? Like, and and I've heard I've, this. This is coming up more and more. Like, I've heard other podcasts say like maybe we just scrap them all and get like the the EFL up and just move everyone at one because there's been some shocking decisions and and it's not even just Chelsea man. You look everywhere amongst the Premier League and they are bottling it, man. It is. It is bizarre. Like I feel like they they all either need a retraining, or I, I don't know, or, or just slap around the face because yeah. some of the decisions have been dire. I mean, we didn't lose yesterday because of the refereeing, so but the refereeing no. didn't help at all because it was rubbish. I mean, yeah. even VAR yesterday, like the offside that they the ref gave a penalty. You only need to look at that once, and you can see he was miles offside. They're faffing around getting these lines out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that was really annoying me because we wanted the game to keep going, not having all these stop starts. Yeah. Right. Next question comes in from Travis. He's got a podcast coming out soon, the Balanced Blues Brothers podcast, I believe. So check that out when it comes out. His question is: Why was Tammy seemingly playing left wing, left mid for his entire time on field? I mean, we kind of briefly, you know, said why we we were confused about it, but any idea why? Because no. Havertz was having an absolute shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, Havertz wasn't doing too great, and Frank tried to do something, and it just completely different didn't work. I guess that was that'd be the only thing I could say. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I I didn't get it, but I guess we wanted to stick with a formation. Although I mean, again, why would you want sort of Tammy trying to be the one to deliver crosses into the box? But anyway, it it was just confusing. Um, next question comes in from RJ. He asks, "Why did we deliver that kind of performance? Was it tactical or player letdown or both?" Everton away. Simple answer. Yeah. <laughs> Goodison. <laughs> Goodison Park. <laughs> you know, like. It would be too much to ask for us to win at St James's Park and Goodison Park in the same season, to be honest. So, you know, we we got one out of two, so be happy, boys. We don't ask for too much. <laughs> um, honest, honestly, it was just grim, but it happens. Unfortunately, that's the type of performance that happens in a season. And I I do think on another day we draw that nil-nil. Like, honestly, as yeah, bad as it was, honestly, if we don't give a penalty away, we draw. Exactly. They didn't create anything, nothing. It was just a... Moment of madness from the keeper. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I won't go in too harsh on him because he has been top class since he's come in. But like we were saying with our friends yesterday, Nick, um, if Kepa makes that mistake, we would be absolutely grilling him the whole of this podcast. And we haven't even mentioned that yet. Um, and that's two mistakes in two weeks. Don't know what he was doing last week with that Bamford one. Um, so, yeah, that was... A bit worrying there, um, but 
like I said, we can't get onto him too much because he has he has saved us a lot of points since he's come in. Yeah. Jay, any other thoughts? Yeah, no, I, yeah, it was just it was just a clumsy mistake, and I think that the word clumsy like is the whole of yesterday's performance. It was sloppy, clumsy. The whole pitch, other than Reese James, was was that passes were sloppy. Mendy made this sloppy mistake. It was our own undoing, like you said. Everton weren't amazing, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I it's think just frustrating. Like, exactly, frustrating is the word. Because if we draw that nil nil, we didn't play well at all. We'd probably be coming away pretty pretty happy with that, considering we can never really seem to get a win at Goodison Park, and we probably would have taken that, gone on to the next one. Um, but it's just those fine margins, isn't it? Can't be making those mistakes because that played right into their hands. They could just sit back and try and not let us through the rest of the game, and they did that well, to be fair to them. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think we've quite got that United habit yet of just being awful <laughs> and managing to get a result. It feels like when we we get a result, we've got to play really well, and unfortunately... We haven't quite got that side in us yet where if we play badly, we can sort of grind out a result. I can't really think of, Mm. apart from maybe Brighton on the first day of us playing not great and actually grinding out a result really this, like in the sort of, not just for Lampard reign to be fair, the last few seasons, it seems like we've got to play well to win a game. Um, Right. Of the football questions uh, in a sec, (laughs) we'll move on to some of the questions we've got sent. And now we're going to answer some other non-related football questions, just sort of end on a bit of laugh. First question comes in from American Hooligans who asked, what will civilization look like in 2,000 years' time? Jay? <laughs> oh, such a hard-hitting question. Where to start? Um, I reckon in 2,000 years, Spurs will be like second, still thinking they're going to win the title and haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be happening <laughs> um, and we'll all be living underwater <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh, Jack all I got well I hope that Spurs sings right <laughs> <laughs> they've got their best chance to win it this season fuck me they'll still be talking about um, this season that's what will be happening they'll still yeah, be talking oh, yeah or it'll be that yeah oh, um, I mean to be honest after we've seen what's happened this year if they've been Anything could happen. Who would have expected that this year? Um, so, like Jay said, anything living underwater, being on a different planet, anything like that could happen at this rate. But at least yeah. we won't be here to have to witness it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be we'll be long gone as you know. We're we're part cyborg or whatever. We're part you know. We've we've discovered we've realised that AI you know matching with AI is the way to go or whatever. Yeah. It'll be some weird, weird nonsense that we won't be around for. You know, maybe people will live, you know, maybe we'll become immune to everything. We'll live forever. Who knows? But uh, we won't be here to see it. So it really doesn't matter. And the final question comes in from Michaela, who asks, which Katy Perry song most resonates with your soul and why? Um, I had to, I'll be honest, I had to, you know, hadn't listened to Katy Perry for a while. I think, you know, Teenage Dream was probably the last album I listened to whenever that came back out. When I was probably, you know, 13 years old, max. So I had to, had to do a bit of research. But um, Jay, which Katy Perry song most resonates with your soul and why? Listen, this came to my head straight away, which I don't know if that says anything about me. But <laughs> after last night, 
when when this question was put in, straight away my my mind went to the one that got away acoustic version, of course, because <laughs> I was just really upset. And it was an, it's an upsetting song, and like it was raining outside. It could have been black and white for all I knew, and that song was playing, and that's what resonated with me. <laughs> Fair enough. I think Jack and I have the same answer for this, but Jack, why don't you go ahead and say which one resonates most with yeah, you? Yeah, the first one that came to my head was uh, Firework. I just remember oh. that being an absolute classic back in the day. Um, I mean, I mean, there's so many others. I mean, you could go for any of them. Um, Raw was quite a good one as well. Um, oh. I Kissed the Girl, remember that one, boys? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, are we, yeah, are we changing his... this pod to a, a Katy Perry <laughs> appreciation <laughs> pod? I like it. Yeah. There, there were some baggers. <laughs> she had some good ones, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it? California Dream Girl, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dream Girl, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, I'll say firework because, I mean, sometimes I do just feel like I'm a plastic bag drifting through the wind trying to start again. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that for this episode. Of that it sums up podcast. last night. Yeah, it yeah. does. It sums up, just sums up our attack. Just everything going forward, <laughs> just, like, just drifting, nothing happening, trying to start again. Yeah. Uh, right, that wraps up this episode about Jess Podcast. I want to thank Jay for coming on. Uh, Jay, where can the people follow you on Twitter and the back post? Thanks for having me on, lads. I really enjoyed it, um, even though we lost. Uh, you f- can find me at JTMLNS on Twitter, at The Back Post on Twitter. More importantly, that's my channel. That's my YouTube channel, so go check all that out. And I'm also on Blues Fans every now and then. Uh, Nick was recently on the podcast on Blues Fans, so go check that out. We talk about how we're going to win at Everton, so go laugh at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a genius. <laughs> um, said we'd win at, least, at least at least you boys gave some uh, a, like a realistic uh, prediction like jam yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, jam, like, jam out of the end now 3-0 yeah. jam went all out bless him <laughs> yeah. sorry jam I had, to, had to bring that up mate we're just going to call him out now yeah um, right and as for us you can follow us on twitter at that chelsea pod on instagram at that chelsea pod so yeah drop us a follow and let's say so honestly check out jam guys of the bat post really really good underrated content that more people should check out and uh, until the next episode everybody keep the blue flag flying sports social podcast network